0: The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. Well, I talked about work last week, and I guess I sent a bunch of people to work today. <laughs> I don't know, we're a little bit down, or maybe somebody said, I don't want to work, so I'm going to go hear about working. And I kind of ended up a, a little series we've been doing, and I, I want to... Uh, I haven't always done a lot of series, but they're kind of easier for you to follow and easier for me to follow sometimes. And uh, I I was kind of thinking about putting some stuff together with all the things that we see going on in our nation today uh, about freedom, and and uh, the uh, the we're going to go over to Psalms eleven verse three this morning. If you want to go ahead and turn there, and uh, I kind of uh, started this this ideal about let freedom ring and. Uh, I, I said I'm gonna I'm gonna title it "Make America Great Again," and uh, I think that's a good title. And uh, and and uh, Jeremy said, "Oh no, don't use that." And I said, "Yeah, I think that's what I'm gonna use. I still think that's what I'm gonna use uh, because uh, I'm gonna talk more about this next week uh, about our foundation and how we're, why we're such a great nation. And I'm actually next week if you like prophecy and. Uh, we're going to we're going to look at Daniel next week chapter nine and we're going to talk about the church age and we're going to talk about a little bit about the tribulation and we're going to talk about uh, the 70th week of Daniel now you've you've probably heard and we've talked about that here before but we're going to look at where we're living today uh, in America and the bible is real clear about that and and uh, it's uh, we're living in the church age but to lead up to that, uh, I got to thinking about our, our country, and we're going to talk a little more about this next week and how we came to the point we're at or where we need to be. Have y'all all heard this saying, or can you complete this saying, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. Do y'all know where that came from? Okay. Okay. We got all kinds of different ideals, Martin Luther King, uh, D.C. talk. (laughs) Uh, There was a young man that used to, he actually lived with us uh, for a while. He and his brother, some of y'all that's been around a long time will remember. uh, He's no longer with us. He got murdered, actually, and uh, he was in prison, and he got out of prison, and uh, he got on Facebook, and on his Facebook account, he put, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. And uh, So uh, it was pretty funny coming from him. Uh, He had a great personality, and he really was a funny guy. The year was 1833. The place was Jamaica, uh, and the crown colony of the British Empire, that was Jamaica, and the subject, or what was happening was the ideal to abolish slavery. Uh, The British considered Jamaica an important resource to their empire. Uh, Their parliament had voted to to set that nation free. Until that point, it it had been a nation that that was under captivity. It had been a nation of slaves. So the date was set, and the uh, island's uh, slaves, they waited for their freedom. They were, they were anticipating that day. They were looking forward to that day. And finally the morning came, and as that, that day of the morning came, and the sun rose, and the, the beams of sunshine began to shine over that island, the word came across that said the, the proclamation has been signed, and you are free. And that cry rang out through that, that island of Jamaica, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we're free at last. And that's, that's where that ideal started. And likewise, there's a song of, a, uh, of America that, that has that freedom at heart. And, and we hear that song and we think about that song and it's, it's uh, based and the foundation is on freedom. If you uh, if you keep notes of my sermon, I've preached uh, this sermon real close to it uh, a year or two ago, <clears throat> so this was kind of a it's kind of a refresher to 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 bring you back to that that ideal. But our Constitution, and we've talked about this, you know, July the fourth and some of those ideals around Independence Day of of freedom. We've talked about our Constitution, how it's founded and where it's based in, and and uh, we know that that throughout history. Uh, Our country was was founded and based upon an ideal of Christians, upon an ideal of Christian ethics. It was built upon the ideal that, that we are set free in Christ and as a nation that we're to serve God and we're to serve our Lord and our Savior. But the thing about it, and I think we've lost sight of this as a nation, is true freedom comes only through God. That's the only place we find true freedom. We hear all kinds of ideals, uh, if you listen to the radio, and I, we talked about this Wednesday night, I never watch the news, I hate the news, uh, I don't even like to be in the room where the news is playing because they absolutely find the worst ideals and the worst stories and that's all we hear. We don't hear about the truth. We don't hear about the good things. We don't hear about how our nation is coming together, but we hear all of the, all the bad things, all the, all the spins and the twists that they want to they put in our ears and in our minds. And the, the truth is this. Our freedom comes only from God. And, and as a nation for us to be free, that's where we need to go back and find our roots. We need to find them in the, in the Word of God. When Francis Scott Key wrote the Star-Spangled Banner... Listen to the second verse. I've read this before. Does anybody know the second verse? I don't either. Don't feel bad. Here it is. Oh, thus... I tried to sing it. I mean, I would not try to sing it from up here, uh, but, you know, we all know the Star-Spangled Banner, so I tried to sing it how it would sound, and it's pretty tough. Uh, It says, Oh, thus be it ever when free men shall stand between their loved homes and war's desolation, blessed with the victory and peace, may the heaven-rescued land praise the power that hath made and preserved us as a nation. Did you hear that? With victory and peace, may the heaven-rescued land praise the power that hath made us and preserved us as a nation. Then conquer we must, when because it is just, and our nation's motto in God we trust, and the star-spangled banner in trumpet shall wave, or the land of the free and the home of the brave. Isn't that a great verse? You know, we don't know it and we, we don't sing it, but that's, that, just in that verse you can see that, that even the writing of our national anthem is, is rooted in the ideal that God has rescued our land and we're a free nation because of what God has done. And if we go over to the, uh, the, the Psalms chapter, chapter, three, uh, chapter 11, verse 3, there's a question asked there, and the question is this, if the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? If the foundations are decaying, what can the righteous do and that's what we're going to talk about, and we're going to talk about this over the next six or seven weeks. I think that's kind of my plans and I may get uh, steered off of that but but right now that's kind of my my ideal so So the first thing I want to think about this morning, and I'm kind of setting up the next several weeks is I want to think about the foundation of our freedom the the foundation of which we live on and and in john eight thirty two uh, if y'all ever watched Sanford and Son, uh, y'all know Esther on there. That's, uh, that's uh, Fred's sister-in-law. And uh, th- her, her saying, does anybody want to attempt what her saying is? The truth will set you free. Isn't that what she always says? And she snapped snap that hand as she goes out of the door, you know. Well, that's right here in John 8, 32. It says, and you shall know the truth... And the truth is going to set you free. It's going to make you free. So, so the, the foundation of our freedom, there's a, there's a clear understanding that the truths of life, the morality, honesty, social order, and all of those things that are found in the Bible are the true teachings of what sets us free as a nation. And, and folks, I don't want us to think so much as this morning about a nation. I want us to think about a church. And and in the church, we're individuals. So I want us to think about our own life and, and the truth in our own life and, and thinking about the, the document that we have in the Bible and how we can look through that and how we can see that the Bible gives us an organized picture of civilization. I mean, the Old Testament and into the New Testament, it, it really talks about putting a nation together. As we look at the Old Testament, and that's why we're going to look at Daniel next week, the prophecy in Daniel, because we can see that God took His chosen people, Israel, and He built the nation out of them. And they were God's chosen people and and then, and then, as as Israel denied God the the promise of the Savior moved to the Gentiles. Now, I'm getting into next week's message. I can't do that, or I'll preach them both this morning. we'll be it too. so so what what I just want us to understand is is when we take the Bible, there are some principles in God's word that says, here are the ideals behind building a free nation, behind building a free world. And, and there's seven things I want to cover this morning. And don't worry, they're not, they're not long things. We're not going to dig real deep into them, but we're going to cover some of these things over the next seven weeks and not necessarily in this order. So, so the first thing I'm going to talk about is the dignity of human life. Now, that doesn't mean next Sunday we're going to have a message on the dignity of human life. So I'm saying I'm, I'm going to give these seven principles, and I'm not necessarily going to cover those seven principles in the next seven weeks, but just to look at God's Word and find seven things that He says, this is what a free nation looks like, and this is how we can have a free nation. This is how we can have America great again, and and the dignity of human life, Exodus 20, 13, of course, that's part of the Ten Commandments. And, and the ideal there says, you shall not kill, you shall not murder, and, and that's one of the commandments. And then in Matthew 22, 39, Jesus talks about the greatest commandments with his disciples, and he says this, uh, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So when we think about the a free nation and the foundation of a free civilization and, and how we can prosper, we find that ideal in the Bible right here in that we should love our neighbors as ourselves. We should love and respect others and the life of others. As I was thinking about that this morning, you know, we, 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 of course, all of these things we see, you can't avoid the news. I listen to it on WBAP actually. Uh, we have Cops Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, uh, all lives matter. Well, if we think about what God says here, all lives matter, doesn't it? A few years ago, we had a, a training on presenting the gospel, and, and the guy leading the training says, you'll never lock eyes with any person that God doesn't love. You'll never look in the eyes of anyone that God didn't die for. And, and when we think about a free nation, we think about loving our neighbor as ourselves If we as a nation, if we could get to that point, there wouldn't be uh, bigotry, there wouldn't be racism, there wouldn't be self-centeredness. Because if we take God's plan and we begin to put that into effect, then all of a sudden we're we're loving the, the folks around us. And those things, what do they do? They go right out the window. Well, what can we do? You say, well, I can't make, I can't make this person or that person do this. Or do that. We don't have to make that person. What are we talking about? We're talking about ourselves as individuals. God says this, we shall love our neighbors as ourselves. That's, that's our first step as a free nation. And, and our very government guarantees that to every person. It says the right and life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. So, so as we look at what God's Word says, it says for a, for a nation to be... To be a civilized nation and a prospering nation, we should love others as we love ourselves. Our problem is these days, I think we love ourselves more than we love anyone else. So if we don't have our way or things don't go the way we think they could, why has it come to the point, and I don't know that it's this way in the church, but but when we disagree with somebody, we've got to hate them or be mad at them. Isn't that crazy? I mean, uh, I'll use Doug as an example. I, I love Doug to death. I think he's very wise. He's smart. He ought to be up here, probably to do a better job. And I'm going to get you up here one of these days, Doug. Uh, <laughs> did you know that, Christy? I've been working on him. I'm going to get him up here one Sunday. <laughs> but uh, for, for years, Doug and I had this conversation about the law, the Old Testament. And, and I would teach on the Old Testament, and he'd say, we're not under the law. I say, no, we're not under the law, but we, you know, there's still things there that we go by. No, we're not bound by it. And we had this discussion, and we would, we would go on and on. But you know what? We never got bad at each other. I don't think we got bad at each other. We never hated each other. He was wrong, but, I mean, he just didn't know it. But, but you know, what I'm saying is, is because we disagree as individuals, that's okay. Even in the confines of this building, if we, if we disagree on something... If we, say, if we say, well, I, I wanted this to happen, and, and I didn't want that to happen, but it happened, well, that's okay. We can disagree, but we can still move on. That's the dignity of human life. It doesn't always have to be my way or the highway or I'm the only way, and it is the only way to succeed. So, so that's one idea we find in the Bible. Here's the second thing, the tradition of the family. Family. If you listen to the pastor of First Baptist Church of Dallas, he preaches a lot on the traditional family. And, and I believe a nation is built upon the traditional family. And I believe that's why their foundations are beginning to crumble because uh, Satan, and I'll give this all to Satan, he, is, he has begun to chip away at the traditional family. Genesis two twenty three and 24, and Adam said, "...this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh." She shall be called woman because she was taken out of a man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and they shall cleave together, and that shall be his wife, and they shall become one flesh. God instituted the ideal of a traditional family, one woman and one man. That's God's ideal. I mean, that's God's plan. And, and if, the, if this marriage is blessed with children, then, then that's bringing up godly children. And how do we do that? We, we build a nation that way. You know, when Israel became a nation, what did God say? He said, go and, and, and fill the land. And, and folks, when, when Christians, when a man and a woman in, in a godly relationship begin to have children, we begin to build that nation through the foundation of our children. And, and I talked Wednesday night about this. One of the things that disturbs me so much in our community is we have, we have parents... That, that have grown up in church, they've grown up with an understanding of who God is, and, and they've had children, and now their children are, are to that age of, of, of somewhere between 5 and 18, and, and you don't see them. And, and they've decided that, that a relationship with God's not that important anymore. And, and folks, that's the foundation of our nation. That's the foundation of our country, of our community. And, and I just worry about those folks that, that they're not bringing their children up with an understanding. We need to understand that hell is a real place. And heaven is a real place. And heaven's not our default location. And we need to be bringing our children up with an understanding that there's a God and there's forgiveness and there's a place that we're going to spend eternity. That's the traditional family. That's how a nation is built. I talked last week about this scripture, 2 Thessalonians 3.10, the national work ethic. That's how a nation is built. It's built when a a nation comes together and and they begin to work together. And I, I read this scripture last week. That was my third point there, the national work ethic. For even when we were with you, we command you that if anyone would not work, neither shall they eat. That's God's ideal of a, of a blessed nation. When a, when a nation comes together and we work together and we provide for ourselves and we provide for those who have needs, I'm not going to re-preach last week's message. Here's the next thing I believe builds a great nation, the right to a God-centered education. That's, that's the ideal behind a, a successful nation, a, a place where our children can have a, an education. It can be God-centered education. It's amazing to me, I went to some mission trips down in Mexico... And, and when you go to Mexico, now this has been several years ago. Things could have changed in the last 20 years. But uh, we went down there, and we were doing vacation Bible schools. And, and uh, I had carried a youth group down there, and we uh, were there staying in this old dirt floor church. And, and uh, I've told you all this story. Some of them, the, there was, Hay, was a Hadock Block building, probably about the size of this building right here. There was windows down both sides. There were no windows there were no air conditioners. There were no fans. As a matter of fact, there was no lights uh, other than the light from the outside. And, and we went, and, and they said, yeah, y'all can come into the schools, and you can invite kids to your vacation Bible school, and we would go in a school setting, and, and in one room there might be 40 or 50 kids, and one teacher, and in that one teacher, the same thing, there's windows open, there's people sitting everywhere, people sitting along the walls, and, and I, I thought how sad that was, that they're being robbed of their education. For us as a nation, we, we, we have a, a right to a God-centered education. Ephesians six four says, And fathers, do not provoke your children rash, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Our, fa- our forefathers knew that it was important to have a God-centered education. Now, I'm not talking about private schools, but there was institutions like Harvard and Princeton and Yale. Those were religious schools of learning. Our forefathers understood there was an importance in giving children an education, a God-centered education. And folks, we still have that opportunity. Here's the next thing. The Abrahamic covenant in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Listen to this. And Jehovah said to Abram, Go out of your country and from your kindred and from your father's house into the land that I'll show you. And I'm going to make you a great nation. And I'll bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing, and I will, listen to this, and I will bless those that bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And it shall be all families on the earth shall be blessed. Galatians 3, 7, Therefore, know that those of faith are the sons of Abraham. Listen to this last verse, putting all these together. Psalms thirty three twelve. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Did you catch that at that last part, Psalms thirty three twelve, 12? Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. That, that meaning one nation under God. When we, when we recognize that, that God has made a covenant with His chosen people, and, and blessed is that nation whose God is the Lord. When we think about our our, our, our ideal today of, of a nation that the foundation is being shaken, we need to come back to realize that, that the nation that is blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we build a nation on. That's where we find freedom and where we can say we're free at last. Here's the next one, the principle of common decency, Matthew twenty two thirty nine, 39. And the second is like, you shall love your neighbor... As yourself. You know, as Americans, we, we're a people that's kind of known to do the right thing. And, and when we think about what God is saying, you know, the, to do the right thing, that's kind of been our nation in the past. Now, we're, we're straying away from that a little bit, but, but on our Statue of Liberty, these words by Emma, Emma Lazarus are written Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, the tempest-tossed to me, and I will lift my lamp beside the golden door. Now, we go back for several years, and what, what was we talking about there? With the American dream... The, a place where folks could come and they could find freedom. And, and the, their, their, their God was the Lord Jesus Christ. And because of that, He blessed us as a nation. Because as a nation, we were about doing the right things. Today, you know, the, the ideal is to divide and conquer. And, and I think that's where uh, some folks would have us be. If we can divide this nation, then this nation could be conquered. We need to be about doing the right things Our personal account to God, this is the last thing, this is number seven, our personal accountability to God. Hebrews 9.27 says this, And it's appointed to men that they'll once die, and after that they'll face judgment. You know, the Bible clearly teaches that people and nations are going to give an account to God. We're going to stand before God one day, we're going to give an account... That account's not going to be, where did you live? What did you do for a living? How much money did you make? How much money did you give? How many good things did you do? How many bad things did you do? That, that account is going to be, what have you done with Jesus Christ? What did you do with my son? What, what have you, if we, we're accountable unto God, and, and when we come to that point and say, okay, God, I, I, I've accepted Christ. I accepted you as my personal Savior. Then we're going to give an account for, for what did we do with that. What, have, we, have we proclaimed Christ's name to the world? Have we, have we been about His business? There's no doubt that y'all all heard of Daniel Webster. Mr. Webster was asked, what's your greatest thought, the greatest thought that ever passed through your mind? Here's what he replied. This is what he thought his greatest thought would be. My personal accountability to God. That was his greatest thought. Folks, as a nation, an end of, just like a church, our nation's a group of individual people. We're going to stand before God and we're going to give an account of what we've done. Here's the greatest freedom of all, and we're getting ready to close this morning. The greatest freedom of all. Do you know what e plurimus unum means? Y'all know where that's at, don't you? It's on our money. Who knows exactly what it means? I thought, I thought a bunch of you would know this. From many, one. That's what it means. It's a Latin word. From many, one. You know, America is a nation of ones. From many. That's what a church is, isn't it? From many to one. That, the greatest freedom we can have. For the land to be free. The people have to be free. When you go all the way back over here to Jamaica, for for the people to be free meant the land was free. And, and for a nation to be free, we as Americans, we have to be free. And the Bible teaches us that, that through the gospel of Jesus Christ, we're set free. And the Lord says this, If you've been set free in me, you've been set free indeed. In other words, when we're free in Christ, we are a free nation. We're a free people. We're a free individual. Galatians 5.1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty with which Christ has made us free. Romans 8.12 says, For the law, the law of the Spirit and the life of Jesus Christ has made us free from the law of sin and has made us free from death. When we think about the, the, the let freedom ring, we th- think about the foundation of our, of our nation, and we think about when the foundation begins to crumble, what shall we do? Well, we have to come to Christ first, and we have to find our freedom in Christ. And then when we're free in Christ, we are free indeed. You know what? We, uh, I want to thank you all for, for all the baked goods that you all gave us uh, for, the, for the, the free giveaway Uh, up at the bank Friday, and it was fun to be there. But uh, And I want to thank Roy and Gwendolyn. They came and helped, and we had a bunch of stuff, a bunch of stuff. And uh, here's the funniest thing. We could not give it away. People wouldn't take it. (laughs) And even people that understood it was free, we went into the bank, and uh, and I I want to thank uh, this little blonde-headed girl back there named Dina White, uh, for make, she made some special treats for, uh, for the bank because they always let us use their building. They always let us use their tables and their chairs. And, and we said, hey, they said, why are you doing this? Said, we just want to show our appreciation for, for y'all always supporting us. And five minutes later, here come two of them with money in their hands. To say, well, we want to buy some stuff too. I said, we're not selling anything; it's free. And and uh, the the people, one lady come by, and this guy was falling behind her, and and uh, and I said, you want some free cookies? And uh, and he he said to her, he said uh, he said, hey, they're giving away free cookies. She said, they're not free; you have to give a donation. She just kept walking. They can testify to this. I had a sign that had free, this big, wrote across it. Free! Free! And uh, he said, this is his answer, this is hilarious. He says, I can't eat those things anyway, I'm a diabetic. So I said, okay. So they went in the bank. Well, they come back out of the bank, and I said, are you sure you don't want some free cookies? She didn't even let up. She just kept walking Like Jeremy said in his announcement, no eye contact, you know. She just kept walking. So he stopped, and he goes, so these are really free. And I said, they're free. He said, why would y'all do that? I said, well, we just want to thank the community for supporting us over these years and all the areas that y'all supported. We just want to give something back. So there's no donation. No, it's free. He goes, these are free. She's still going. So he gets a bag. I guess his diabetes healed up like that, you know, once, once he realized they're free. So he said, well, I'm going to get four or five bags if they're free. And Gwyneth said, take all you want, they're free. And he put them all down. I said, no, take two or three. I was, at that point, we were saying, please take three or four one lady said, I'm not going to take anything unless you'll let me donate. I said, we are not taking any donations. You cannot donate to it. I said, we don't even have any money bags or anything. She said, you got pockets. I said, if I put in my pocket, I'm going to Dairy Queen with it. And, and she said, well, it don't matter. I said, it's free. It's free. And, and as Gwendolyn and Roy and I were talking, I, I said, you know, don't, don't you know Christ gets frustrated sometimes? When he says, I'm offering salvation, and it's free. And we say, well, wait a minute. There's something attached to this. There's some kind of hook attached to this. I mean, I've got to pay for my sins. I've got to make atonement for my sins. I've got to change my lifestyle. I've got to give this. I've got to give that. Because why? Nothing in life is free. But Jesus Christ said, hey, I want to give you freedom. And as a nation, I want you to be Free men and free women, and I'm offering a free gift to you. And here's what it costs us it costs us to say, You know what? I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior, and I want your free gift. That's all it is. And through that, we become free indeed. And when people become free, the nation becomes free. Let's pray together. Lord, I pray today. That we would say this morning, in Christ, we are free at last. Free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. Father, I pray this morning, if there would be any here that's never accepted you as their personal Savior, today would be the day of freedom. The free gift of eternal life. The free gift of forgiveness. The free gift of freedom. No longer bound by sin, no longer bound by, by our past, no longer bound by failures, but freedom in Christ. Father, I pray that we know we don't have to straighten the life out. We don't have to get things right. We don't have to correct this and correct that, but, Father, you say, come to me just as you are. You're wretched, blind, tired. Come to me, and in me you'll find freedom. Father, I pray that we we would know that when we come to you as we are, you accept us as we are. And then, Father, if there's areas that need to change, your spirit begins to work with our spirit, and we begin to be what you would have us to be. But, Father, the first step to come as you are. Lord, I pray today that we as a church would recognize your word is full of directions to build a successful nation. And, Father, even though we're down here in East Delta we're down on the east end of a small county, Lord. We can begin that freedom here. as 2,000 years ago, one man on a cross began to set a nation free. Father, I pray that we as a church would, would know that we're free and we're free indeed. Lord, I pray as, as you look that we, we'd find some folks that would stand in the gap. Father, we'd find some folks that are, that are faithful prayer warriors we would find some folks that are informed and and willing just to speak with grace about your word. Lord, I pray that we would be salt and light in a world that's decaying. That we'd be a little bit of preservative as we recognize it's your desire that all would come to repentance. That you're patient, not wanting anyone to miss out. Lord, I pray that we as a church would be about your business. Lord, I pray this morning as your spirit moves within our hearts, I pray that we would be willing to follow you and allow you to lead us today. Father, I pray if, if there'd be any here today, that would say, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm set free or not. I pray today would be the day of salvation, Lord, that we'd... Bury it today, and then we could be about your business moving forward. I pray that your spirit would move, and I pray this in Jesus' name. I want to ask you to stand and just bow your heads this morning with me. I want to ask the praise team to come up and, and sing for us this morning. The, the song says this, Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. He calls for you and for me. And he's saying, come home to a free nation. Come home to a, a free church. Come home but, and find freedom in Christ. As the Lord calls us, would you pray? Would you pray where you're at? Would you pray for folks in front of you and beside you and behind you and just lift up yourself to the Lord and allow his spirit to move within you? for me. Come Come home, home. come home, ye who are weary, come home, earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling. Father, Lord, I thank you for this day, and Lord, I pray that as we just consider who we are in you, Father, it doesn't matter what the, the world around us is going, Lord, we, we know that you're still on the throne, you're still in charge, we're still your people, we're still your children, and Father, because of that, we have freedom. We have a foundation built upon the rock, Jesus Christ, a foundation that's not going to be shaken foundation that's not going to be destroyed I pray that we'd find encouragement we'd find hope and we would find encouragement for others knowing that our lives and our hope and our dreams are built upon the rock of our salvation the rock of Jesus Christ Lord I thank you for this day I thank you for the chance that we've come today to worship you and to lift you up and Lord, I pray that we would carry this message beyond this place today and we'd carry it out to a world. We would be sawed. We would be a light shining into a darkened world. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.